Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Coding. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganza, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learned from it. So this week, we're talking about juggling art and life. But first, Phoebe, how are you? Um, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm all right. It's been a bit of a bit of a long weekend here but um yes and it's raining again uh but yeah I'm I'm all right I've actually finally got in the studio and done a little bit of painting last week at the end of last week children are back to school hopefully this will be the first sort of normal week that we've had since December (laughs) so this yeah will be the first full week of school that they've done feels quite insane because it's nearly March I started or finished a painting and started another one and they are going somewhere I can't really talk about yet but I'm quite excited to work on those and feel like I'm kind of making progress with the collection that I'm working on so I'm going to try your method this time where I where I don't what's my method where you do like more than one at once oh right yeah I think that's a lot better of my time and my mental capacity than what I was doing, which was like one start to finish, another one start to finish. So I, th- I mean, I find it nice to have this space from paintings every now and again, like to have a mm. break from them, view them from across the room. I'll be yeah. interested to see how it goes for you, whether it works or whether it's yeah. like, because we're, I mean, we're quite different in a lot of ways and it's nice. I always, you know, it's nice to take on board things from from other people yeah. and sometimes you take them on board and sometimes you take, you try them and dump them. I think because it's quite new, you know, this, this way of working is rel- is new really for me, working as a painting still life. Um, it still feels new, you know, it's been a year, mm. but it's still new really, especially the way that I'm working with them being quite 
sort of detailed, I suppose. I I think I've spent a lot of time this past, well, last year trying to just upskill. And now I sort of feel like I've got that skill level as where I want it to be. Now I need to kind of think, right, okay, well, now I need to... Now I need to kind of work out a kind of workflow system. And also because I've got a, a studio space in town that I haven't actually been in yet because it's been so wet, it's really hard for me to move back in there because I, I just don't want to, like, get all my stuff wet, getting it into the car mm. and then getting it out of the car. And, you know, like, that's oh, it's been really hard. And I just really haven't had much time without interruptions of children and stuff. So we'll come on, touch on that later. It's sort of relevant for the episode. Um, but if it does stop raining this week, then I will move back into the town studio and that will give me a bit more space. And I think then when I've got that space, I will be able to much more easily kind of work on multiple pieces at once rather than my, my home studio, which is a little tiny shed in the garden, which is you like barely can swing a cat in there. Yeah. So that's sort of why I've not really worked on more than one piece at once. Anyway, how about you? How was your week? How was your weekend? Oh, it was good. I actually got some work done. My um, mother-in-law is visiting and so she'd taken Theo out for the day. So I spent all day yesterday stretching canvases. I've got nine stretched and my hand is so sore. I saw your time lapse and I was amazed that metre by metre painting took you 20 minutes. I was kind of surprised at that too, actually. I I was like, I think it would take me 20 minutes to find the stapler. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, so I tried to calculate yesterday. It probably took me five and a half, six hours all up to get those nine done. So it's not like 20 minutes to do one, but Mm. then like, I feel like I take a break in between each one. I had to cut all the linen mm. first. Like there's other, they, that doesn't include putting the stretcher bars together, which mine were already together because I'm using them after mm. taking the painting off from something different. Um, but it's it's good having that done. I feel like now that's done, I probably won't have to do that again for like six months or so. Um, yeah. But now I've got like a full day of. What did you? What did you like? Do you have a podcast or audio book or something? Because like six hours of doing that mundane task, I think my eyeballs would just I fall out flip my head. Between music and podcasts, when I'm doing that, so sometimes I just need to have some music on and bop away, mm-hmm. and then sometimes a really good podcast. Um, I've just started to listen to the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. I saw that. That popped up in my. Um, for you or something feed yeah recommended yeah it's interesting yeah. um, there's only two episodes I think so far the wasps the wasps are still there <laughs> <laughs> the tree is still Was- there wasmageddon oh I haven't I haven't, haven't come inside since so we haven't had any problems you didn't take my them. advice of getting two cans of raid and just <laughs> spraying the no, tree no <laughs> I am looking into getting something else done but mm. we'll see I haven't heard back from anyone yet um what else has been going on Oh, I, I, you know, I've always finished that painting, but you know, for the next few weeks, I will have almost finished that painting. Mm. This oh, is like it's the most so prolonged big. stage of of me calling it finished and just like I just need to do this. I just anyway, it's it's, it's so hard. Like I had that with a with my painting that I've just finished that I showed you, and I how big is that painting? Um, I think it's fifty by fifty. Yeah, it's fifty by fifty centimeters. So mm. <laughs> like in comparison to your painting tiny but it took me a whole week to finish it even though 
looking at it, it was fit, like to anyone else's eyes, it would have been finished. But I took a whole extra week to to fi- actually finish it, like working on it for mm. another like oh, I say a whole week, you know, in and out, in and out. But like probably another ten hours of fiddling or something <laughs> to actually be able to put my brush down and say it's finished I'm happy walk away so I get it because it's it can look to an outsider they'll look at your painting and go yeah that looks finished to me I know and you're like no there's this bit here and this bit here and then I need to redo this bit here and then if I do redo that bit there then I need to do this bit here and you know I went sort of round and round and round trying to resolve a certain bit and it can just take that last little that last 10% can actually take as long as the first 90% in a way. Yeah. I think I get to a point where I'm like, I can't wait for this to be perfect. I just have to abandon. I have to get to a place where I'm happy to abandon it. I, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm, cl- I'm close to there. It's, it's very hard to get. I, that's, I think, how I resolve a painting is I get to the point where I look at it and go, <sighs> like, I'm happy enough to say it's done mm. and put it down and not pick it up a week later and look at it and some parts did annoy me yeah but it is hard all right shall we dive in then to the topic today um yeah so this was kind of i think it's this is going to be quite an interesting episode um because we're going to talk about juggling juggling art and life and for us obviously we're both mothers so that it it takes a huge kind of um, different angle that some people it won't be relevant to but for us it's quite hard to separate motherhood and life at this stage isn't it so yeah how do you how do you find that you how have you transitioned because you were I've been a mum for 14 years now so that's quite a bit longer than you you were painting as a full-time artist and then became a mother whereas I've sort of done the reverse so interested to hear your take on how you kind of went from being full-time artist to suddenly having to compartmentalize that and be a mum too so and I mean like so I went from full-time work and then full-time artist and then artist and mum I mean and they've all been transitional Hmm. and I think um even for those people that aren't mums this might still have a fair bit of relevance for you if you're trying to juggle a full-time job and uh, just, yeah. you know, substitute in, you know. Child for job. <sighs> it's complicated and I wouldn't say I ever do it well and I always feel like I'm failing at something. Mm. So I think, I mean, that's my normal now. And I think I felt like that when I was working as well. So trying to find time for art while I was working full-time. Sorry, I feel like I'm overthinking this <laughs> and probably I need to say, this is an area that I get quite sensitive about. Okay. So if you don't agree with my choices, I'm so fine with that, but I don't necessarily need to hear about it, if that makes sense. So I'm happy for people to ask me what I'm doing and I'm happy to share what I've done. If you think, I can't believe you've used a babysitter or use a bottle or yeah. put your kid in childcare, please don't pass. Like I don't yeah. I don't I can't imagine anyone from the flap community doing that, but it's happened in the past and because it's something that I do get sensitive about, I just want to say, look, yeah. We're just sharing our journeys, you know, and yeah. everybody's got a different way that they've done things being a mum and it's a very um 
dividing topic really isn't it because people be, can be so passionate that their way is the right way that sometimes they don't see that there's actually multiple ways that are right so when I had my first boy Theo I was working as an artist pretty much full-time but I was also doing still doing a bunch of other small jobs to help get some weekly income because sometimes it can take me six months to get a payday from a painting. So yeah. in order to get some regular pay, I was still doing a bit of photography, a bit of graphic design and helping some people with their social media and websites and stuff. And then I had Theo and I was a little bit, I think, naive going, having my first child. Naive? I thought, I'll just what? do all this stuff while he sleeps. I mean, I actually thought I was going to go and do my master's in fine art when my baby was sleeping because um, they sleep all the time. Yeah, They don't. Mine didn't. <laughs> And I struggled, I struggled a lot with Theo and I'm probably not going to go into that, but I mean, that kind of covers it enough. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't cope and I had to drop all of those other things. Yeah. And I just had time for trying to be a mum and trying to fit in some time for painting and that was really tough, yeah. I think, and when having you... to let things go because yeah. of realising that I didn't have time to do everything and trying to kill myself to be – I was trying to be super mum. I was trying to do it all myself. Yeah. And I think last time there's no way I could have started a podcast while my no. baby was a new- newborn. No. And it depends on your baby as well. Like Theo wasn't a sleeper. Yeah. Whereas Elfie sleeps a lot more and a bit more consistently, so it's I've been able to sort of schedule things. Yeah for those nap times and when you say you had to so you dropped your all the graphic design photography all of those sort of things and how much art do you think you were doing a week at at that sort of initial the first six months I was not doing much so Thea wasn't a napper so I'd barely get 30 minutes Mm -hmm. And that wasn't long enough. I did a couple of small paintings and I finished off a commission. Mm -hmm. Um, And then occasionally I would get an hour at night. And then sort of it gradually kind of picked up again, did it? It wasn't until I think around nine, ten months Theo was sleeping a bit better at night time. Yeah. Um, And also I put him in daycare a couple of days a week and I needed to. Yeah. And it meant that I could get, you know, a couple of hours during the week and it meant I could get a couple of hours at night. So maybe it was sort of up to, I don't know, 10 to 12 hours a week. And then eventually as things got more consistent, I could get, you know, a good three, four hours every night in the studio. Yeah. You've um, always been quite a night night owl, haven't you? Yeah. And that's not going to suit everyone. But even back before having kids, nighttime was my more productive time and so when I was working in a full-time job I'd get home from teaching at high school or working my office job and would paint from you know from 6 p.m till midnight has been a regular painting time for me for a long time because I don't get interrupted and I can get really stuck in and find my zone and I feel like my mind Mm. works really well at that time but it's also important for me to find some daytime to paint because I feel like colors and details are even with the best lights, I like to see them during natural yeah. light during the day. And also, um, like, how many nights do you do? Because, like, my my husband wouldn't really like me working every single evening. He'd get all sad and 
like I think I just see his face at the, at the studio window like <laughs> and I mean, I mean this is where it's going to be yeah. different for everyone so for I am usually out there seven nights a week unless wow. you know something social comes up but yeah. I'm also not that super no. social in the early days Chris and I shared a space which was really lovely me and my yeah. husband so he had his computer desk up in the same loft area where I painted yeah and these days out in the studio sometimes he'll come out like often at the end of the evening and we'll have a chat and catch up properly. And we still sometimes have movie nights in the studio. So he'll come out with, you know, a beer and a gin and we put a movie on and I just listen to it and paint and he watches it and nice. we chat and it's really nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm out there most nights and that's and he's just okay me. With I'm that, a little bit he's he's not the sort of person that needs to be like have undivided evening attention. <laughs> No, I think we both enjoy having our own time. I think I get a bit overtouched during the day with yeah. the kids and then he, I think, has quite a busy work full-on mm. work where I think he needs that time to decompress yeah. and he's always been the sort of person that's enjoyed his own company so I think it gives us just that space that we need. Yeah, and the fact that, it, you know, it's taken a you a while with, with getting there with the with children but you have got there eventually and you know that initial part was a really difficult transition to kind of readjust it all from going full-time mum not having children full-time mum full-time artist not having any children just you and Chris and your painting and then then to sort of have to change that mindset of of the unpredictable nature of motherhood I guess as well and mm. and, and baby, whatever baby you end up with dictating actually how much sleep you're going to get and how much time you're going to get is really hard because you've you've lost all autonomy you've lost control over what you usually had which was knowing when you were going to be able to paint and for how long and suddenly a two-month-old is in charge of that <laughs> it's like how dare you <laughs> Being that's one, yeah, that's one of the things I think that surprised me the most about motherhood is I assumed that there would be more control, like that you could sort of yeah. dictate terms a little bit more and it turns out your babies have their own um, <laughs> personality. and Yeah. And it is very hard because I'm, in theory being a mum is so, so, so different to actually the practice in practice and that is something that I you know it takes it takes everybody off guard like everybody mm. thinks it will be different for them and they'll be able to you know navigate it in a way that's easier and, and then you get your baby and go oh right it's really really hard um, you know like I was really surprised when you told me that you paint every day from six till midnight pretty much seven days a week I was like my mind was blown because I that is such an incredible discipline for you to do that it suddenly made me realize how you were managing to paint the paintings that you're painting with a with a toddler at the time and then now a baby um you know I didn't know I was this nuts no well not that I didn't know you were this nuts but (laughs) I just my I had that hadn't even occurred to me that that was something that you did like I knew that you did the evening sometimes because occasionally you would Mm. post that you're in the studio in the evening but I thought that was like a one or two hours a week maybe and I just assumed and this is the thing that, that we all assume 
things about people that we don't know when we haven't got the information but I just assumed that you were really really fast at painting or something because (laughs) I just I would see these amazing paintings that you were doing um and yet you know you would say you your son was only at childcare x amount of hours a day or you know you were trying to paint within baby's naps and stuff and I just thought well how like how is she doing that like in two hours a day how yeah. what is she she's got like ambidextrous and she's got a paintbrush in each hand two painters on <laughs> like speedy gonzalez arms I don't know how you're doing this Julie and it's and the big reveal the bit like the the drum roll actually what I'm doing is spending six hours an evening every day in the studio at night till midnight and I was like mm. oh right I get it like that's how she's, in- that's how she's doing it she's not doing how I would do it and because I wouldn't occur to me because mm. you know like that's not how I can operate um I just it was quite enlightening and it made me realize that, that the secret isn't that you're incredibly fast it's just that you're incredibly disciplined in a different way to me yeah, I mean, it also helps that I'm a night owl, but don't ask me to do anything in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm useless in mornings. Yeah, well, I see some people that do set their alarms and get up at like 5am every day. Um, yeah. And spend so that 5 seems imp- that, I look at that and I think I couldn't do that. That's impossible yeah. to me. I can't, amazing that people can do that. I have me. done that. That has, that's probably more, more mm. like likely that I would do that. And I have in the, in the summer months when it's light early. I don't really like doing that. I don't like getting up when it's pitch black in the winter. But I have mm. set my alarm in the past, I think leading up to like an exhibition or something, when I've got like, right, I actually need to get a few more extra hours in the studio. So I've set my alarm, got up at like 5.30 and then finished, you know, done two hours basically. And then at 7.30 come out of the studio, my kids get them ready for school and things. Yeah. So I've just got a couple of extra hours in three or four you should start thinking about that before your exhibition in March I should probably start thinking about that at the moment that's pinned under things I don't want to think about <laughs> so <laughs> what because you've transitioned from being full-time mum and then incorporating painting how did that work for you yeah well like I said I've been a mum I've been a mum for four, 14 and a bit years now difficult is an understatement <laughs> um uh and yeah I've talked a lot on podcasts about how how much it affected me having you know mental health problems with having children and stuff but um yeah I wasn't really in the right frame of mind to be able to do any painting for for a long time so it was quite it was in full survival mode for a while of no sleep and and then quite bad, you know, postnatal depression and anxiety and all of that went with it. Um, and I was I was in that mindset as well of quite all or nothing mm. with painting with art. Like I, I didn't. What do you mean? Well, I just I want in my mind. I wanted to paint big paintings proper paintings you know big and I didn't have mm. any space for that I didn't have a room there where I could do that and I didn't I just didn't have the brain 
capacity to do that or the time capacity to do that or the space Mm. capacity to do that so because I didn't have those three things I sort of was like well I can't there's no point I'm not going to paint then so it was that's what I mean by all or nothing I was sort of like I can't do what I really want to do so instead of trying to scale that I'm just going to do nothing yeah finally had my third child and then um it was when she was about 18 months old and things got quite bad with you know my anxiety and all of that and then went to the doctors and ended up realizing I needed to spend a bit of time doing something for me and it was a kind of um it was the the what's the word the coming together of that moment of like being sort of told by a doctor like actually you know you need to prioritize yourself a little bit more yeah as well as then finding Instagram um and seeing people actually making art and sharing on Instagram and then Mm. so that's sort of how I sort of segued back into creating where I broke down this idea in my head of like I have to do I what what I really really want to do is this type of art actually that's not possible so (laughs) instead of being so black and white about it and thinking that I only wanted that type of art and nothing else realizing that actually that's not really serving me and I need to be a bit more flexible about what type of art I can do at the kitchen table in short pockets of time and then like you when she was but at this point she was, um, I don't know, when I mean, she was about two or something, I booked her into um, daycare for maybe two two days a week to get, yeah. and that was a, something that my husband and I sat down and talked about and he was like, you, you know, I'm absolutely happy for you to do that and use that time to do something for yourself. Um so yeah, I kind of do need to have that just sort of caveat the fact that like my husband's job supported us and um allowed me the privilege of being able to do that without having to go and get a job to fund our pay our bills and things. I know that a lot of people they don't have that luxury, so you know, we are I am I am from a very privileged position where I could take you know I don't know what it was like six hours a week or something and dedicate that completely to just myself and not everyone has that privilege so the way that we manage our finances we live primarily off Chris's wage and because mine fluctuates too too wildly so Mm. I might get paid all like six months I might get my entire year's salary all at once Mm. and then there might be nothing for nine months or maybe I'll get paid like sell a big painting every month three months in a row yeah. and you like it's it's too hard financially yeah a lot of the time when you don't have that consistent income so we live primarily off Chris's and then mine pays for lots of little things and I mean I do contribute to our family income in a decent way these days and it's taken me a long long time to build up to that yeah but the only way that I could have moved from working full-time and sort of tapering that down and then painting full-time was when we moved back to New Zealand. My husband's work paid for our accommodation when we lived in a small rural town. Mm -hmm. And at that point I said, all right, I have got 
I don't have to pay rent for the first time in a long time. Mm. And so I was, you know, wanted to spend those two years building up my art practice as much as I could because I knew that, to be honest, it took me a year where I earned nothing. I think I probably spent more money on materials yeah. than I earned that first year where I was still trying to do it full time because I almost had to build up a year's worth of paintings mm. and then the next year I could be selling some of those at the same time as I was making. Yeah. And that's the only reason I was able to do it probably slightly quicker than some other people have transitioned out of their jobs. And at the same time that I was painting, I was, it was a tough juggle. I remember spending weeks where I'd have like four hours of or five hours of graphic design work. It'd be like, great. I know I've got some money coming in this week, but also this is taking away from my painting time. And if you don't allocate time to painting it, it's very hard to get ahead without actually putting time in. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But in that same, I think time is a big thing and you've got to be realistic with how much time you've actually got. So lots of people, when I put up the question box this week, and we'll get into the questions Mm. later, a lot of them come down to how do you find time for? And I think you've got to be really realistic with how much time you've got. Mm. Like, And it is always a choice for me as to, you know, do I go out and socialise with friends or do I stay in because I need to get painting done? And a lot of the time it's want and need Mm. fall into the same category and I mean Phoebe's probably aware of this now but I am super driven and passionate when I am chasing something yeah (laughs) and I'm especially like that with painting but like even with the podcast um I message you so often and I just think oh god and you're you're similar as well actually which is the only reason it works (laughs) okay yeah we're both we're both quite good at um well like yeah, it's a passion thing, isn't it? And it's, I'm, I think, well, because of my ADHD, it's, I'm, I find it impossible to, to commit and throw my energy into something unless I'm 100% invested. So yeah. you'll know if I'm invested because <laughs> I'm, that's it, I'm, I'm showing up for it and, and that's kind of where I'm at with my art and with the podcast. Um, and... Yeah, I mean the same for you. I I I shouldn't forget to mention that I was doing photography um for quite a lot quite a bit from when my little when my son was little. I I you know again I needed to find some way of bringing in a bit of money. Um and it was really hard to do that without having it. We don't have any family in New Zealand. My husband and I are both English and um we didn't really have much money to spend on uh, daycare and things before it was free at age, what age is it? Three? Three? Four? Three. three. You get 20 hours of yeah. three, yeah. Yeah, so bef- yeah, so you got 20 hours. When, so when I did have that time, um, because I thought, well, I, you know, art isn't going to be, a, at that stage, art was never an option as a career for me in my head. I was like, mm. you know art's a pleasure thing that I love doing but there's no way it's going to be a career it's not possible you know that's this is what I thought in my head it's not possible so what is possible that I can do and um that will also fit in around having children and I knew and I knew I loved photography and I was good at photography so I bought bought invested some money in a in a good you know d what they called dslr dslr camera 
and um, started doing photography, doing portraits and um, then moved on to weddings and things like that. But that became very, very difficult um, because of the amount of hours I had to put in, you know. Um, the editing always takes so long it with was photography, the, that's what I find. It was the editing and it was the fact that weddings were always on a weekend and usually in summer <laughs> and, you know, it was just... It was just really, really hard to juggle it all. And then I moved a little bit more into real estate photography um, and tried to do that, um, which sort of was a little bit easier. But then I remember, I remember one time having my daughter with me in a front pack and do and having to, ter- like, because I couldn't, for some reason, the day they wanted me to do it, I couldn't get anyone to look after her so I had to turn up with her in the front pack and try and take these photos and then she did like you know a massive poonami (laughs) and oh it was just so awful because usually it's just you in the like usually when I was doing it I was given a key and I could just go in and take photos and that would have been fine but this particular day the owner and the real estate person was there and of course, it was the day that I had to then have my daughter with me. And then it was, she actually, she did this massive poo. <laughs> and I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to go and change her in the back of the car outside. And I just remember their faces were just, both of them, like the owner of the house and the real estate lady. Like, it was just the horror of the lack of professionalism of this. Who is this person who... <laughs> like as a baby who's a well, baby like she was I don't know about 18 months old or something and she's crying and you know and then I had to go outside and then I, it was windy and I was, she was crying even more and, and they were just like I remember them like stood on this balcony kind of watching me and I just oh thought God. what am I doing what? you can always just at least I find when you've got other people who get what you're going through yeah. around like it often I find it's mothers or grandmothers yeah these were older you get looks of compassion people, and they just they didn't go to compassion they went to like anyway I didn't get asked back <laughs> to do any more <laughs> photos from that particular real estate agent after that and then I I think I just realized like this isn't really working mm. and um yeah sort of pulled the pin a bit on that it wasn't really yeah I think it was finally when I I started creating creating art again purely for as a mental health kind of I need to do this for myself and I had not at any point in that decision decided that this was my career or something I needed to make money from so that took all that pressure off so I sort of did a completely in the reverse way of you really because you had it as a kind of career and then you had to sort of figure Mm. out how to slide it back into your life when a baby came along whereas I had never had it in my life and then the the idea of it being a career was so far removed and it wasn't until literally I was sort of looking like it felt like down the barrel of a gun of like what am I going to do in my life I, I don't have a purpose beyond motherhood that's just kind of it felt like I was actually failing at that anyway so 
I needed more in my life. You needed something just for you. Yeah. That wasn't. And so mm. that was when I was like, well, even if I'm not making money from this, and even if we just need to, even if we just need to scrape by, with what my husband's earning, and three children, I I need to bring art back into my life somehow. And and then it was after sort of doing that for like a year, I suppose, where I started to see that people were interested in it enough to want to buy it. And I guess at that point, I saw a sort of chink of light and a bit of a like, oh, maybe I could actually make this a job. And I then transitioned I think from thinking of it as a hobby and a, and a thing I did just for myself to okay well if this is going to be a job then I need to what can I do to make it and like be effective at kind of making money and thinking about well then maybe I need a website all right okay so that's kind of our juggles but let's answer some of these questions and then we can kind of intertwine our experiences into the answers too i think so yeah all right so so this is a question from one of our listeners it's a bit of a long one so bear with me but it's a really um well thought out question as well i think so she asks how are you managing your art practice around your children i have a 10 month old a day job and only six hours a week painting time my issue is that my art is figurative and my process is lengthy the temptation temptation is to scrap detailed work and make a quicker quicker pieces at volume, but then I consider artists such as yourselves who have been able to achieve success with highly detailed and figurative works. I don't want to sacrifice my family time to gain more hours, but financially it's not yet viable to reduce my day job hours any further. Were you both in this position and how did you navigate it? Right, well, I didn't start doing anything detailed or you know, realistic until my daughter really was at school. Um, so, yeah, I I had the exact same problem, which I was just talking about before with that all or nothing thing, where I wanted to kind of do more detail, like more realistic paintings. I don't know if my answer is the one you want to hear, really, because I, I didn't, I knew I couldn't do the detailed stuff in the tiny bits of time that I had and so I moved over and did abstract work instead abstract sort of fluid art instead during those times and it was enough to kind of uh what's the word like it was enough to itch the scratch of being creative it wasn't enough forever eventually I knew I needed to move away from that and paint I started painting kind of abstract landscapes and then from that gradually moved into more realistic still life work but that was a confidence thing as well I mean I didn't have the confidence to say that I was um, good enough to do uh, realistic work either at that stage um I don't know what do you think I think this is a really tough one and, and I really feel for this lady because in some aspects, you've oh, she's only got so much time and that's the first thing. And no matter what she, or I know from me, no matter what I do, at some point I'm going to feel guilty about something. Yeah. And she says quite clearly that she 
isn't willing to sacrifice family time. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Her time is capped, basically. And so she has a choice that either she can work on her works really slowly. Yeah. And that's okay. Sometimes your work has to take the back. Yeah. Especially if you're not relying on that. She's got a day job, so obviously this isn't her main source of income. So she either has to choose to go slow Mm -hmm. or to change tack and do maybe smaller works that she can get done quicker. So for me, when Theo was a baby I had to just slow down I couldn't I couldn't do detailed work any faster and I couldn't find any more time until he started at daycare and Alfie has been a different child but I'll be up front and also say that since for the last month at least I have and this is something that I knew going into having a second child that I was going to be asking for more help. And that has largely for us either had, had lots of family visit this time and I've said yes a lot more when people have asked. But I've also organised a babysitter a couple of days a week, a couple of hours at a time so that I can get a chunk of time during the day to paint because or sometimes podcast. my nights or podcast, <laughs> um, that's what we're using that time for today. Yeah. Um, because sometimes nights are unreliable and I knew that I wanted and needed to have that painting time. For me, it is a want and a need. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things you, you've just got to make peace with whatever decision you make. And it, it's really hard sometimes to let go, isn't it, of an idea of like, but I really want to make this painting and I really want to get it finished in X amount of time but then if that is just not practical it's it's really hard to sort of just go well it's going to take me too long to, you know it's really hard for this lady I feel for her um I mean there's a potential here that you could go okay I've got six hours a week painting time perhaps she could spend four hours of that week working on a bigger detailed piece and then two hours of that time making something quicker so that she feels like she's actually making some sort of headway at finishing something um so you could try to split that up a little bit so that you're doing a little bit of both so it doesn't have to be and or it could be yes and i'm doing the big one for some of the time, but I'm also working on some smaller pieces as well. So you're feeling like there's a sort of productivity that's happening. That's a really good idea. Um, and you, you know, to take, take the pressure off the fact that like to have no financial pressure on your art is something that just actually perhaps just really embrace that at the moment. Like if, if she's financially not able to reduce the day job, then well, you know that, that you are making that money coming in from that day job. So, so don't put any pressure on yourself to make any money from your art at this time, at this stage of your life. That will happen, you know, in the future when you've got that 10-month-old old enough to go into daycare or, what, you know, at some point they're going to be going to some kind of kindergarten or school or something. And that does seem like an endlessly long way off. But it mm. it happens, you know, before you know it, um, they're at school or somewhere. And then you will be able to have that bit more time where you go, okay, well, now maybe I can try and make some money out of this. But 
you'll ruin any enjoyment out of that small bit of six hours that you've got if you're putting pressure on yourself to to make money out of that as well yeah I think you've got to focus on what is it that you're doing the painting for and if it is because you love painting Mm. then just paint because paint what you love and if what you love is the detailed stuff then stick to the detailed stuff don't worry about doing quicker pieces at volume yeah no only do those if you feel like they're going to add to your practice yeah it is okay to build up a career slowly like you don't need to have quick success mine was not a quick success I did not get to painting full-time quickly no yeah best of luck (laughs) okay okay next question art and life so this one's transitioning back into mum mode when you're really in the art zone yeah that's hard (laughs) anyone else at like daycare pick up time just think why i know (laughs) i have to have a lot of reminders on my phone that go off same so they go off like at half an hour before i need to pick my children up and then about 20 minutes before i need to pick my children up and then a 15 minutes before i need to pick my children up and then 10 minutes before I pick my children up and at that point I'm like oh my gosh I really do need to put my pens down paint brush down and wash the brushes and quickly put some sometimes I don't even manage to change my clothes out of the paint clothes or check if I've got paint on my face yeah um Mm. I've turned up with like blue paint on my face not realizing um yeah I struggled with that a lot more at the beginning I've got better at that now being able to switch my mind off from it um yeah it's it's hard like if you're really into a painting but having that timer is quite good because it means that I do sort of write okay I need to wrap this up I need to wrap this up because it's time to get back into mum mode and so then by the time I've picked the kids up got home I know I'm not going back in my studio unless they're asleep later on that evening um, or till the next day, depending on what is happening. Um, So I kind of just have to compartmentalise that and just shut that chapter, you know, come back to the next day. What about you? Um, I've gotten... I don't, this is not being something that I struggle with that much because I find when I shut the studio door, like I've had bigger struggles, like I find I have to put my phone down and and really focus on parenting when I'm parenting. Like Mm. that's been one of my, like not being distracted and trying to actually be present, but that's a whole nother podcast about mumming that we don't need to have right now. I think I struggle the other way. So switching into art mode when I've been in mum mode. Yeah, Um, yeah. And for me that's, you know, having a certain you know I shut the studio door I've got a podcast on or music on Mm. and I have to just sort of like shake the day off and get into the art zone I'm I'm pretty good at that now too I think when time is really precious I find I have to that Mm. forces me to be really um discerning with what I spend my time on yeah yeah I I know what you mean though about the the phone thing like that's something that it's a work in progress but and I, my husband gets a bit <laughs> he, he actually came in before I started this podcast and was like 
Are you going to have a section where you talk about how really important it is to not ignore your husband because you're too busy on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you want, would you like to record a soundbite and we can play it? I think my husband would record the same one. <laughs> but I also think that is part of my job. Yeah, well, I exactly. need to advertise my work and I need like, you know, it's, it's part of enjoyment as well and building community, yeah. but putting my artwork out there yeah. is part of. Yeah, and it's, but it is hard and I do try to, not do it too much around the children I tend to be mm. I tend to try and do it when I'm cooking which, but then that's not really very good it's not it's like sometimes I get distracted and then I'm like oh my god whoops I've burnt the dinner <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I try I tr- I'm really being mindful and in fact having a week off of the internet like because of the cyclone hitting and we we had no internet for for a full week um, that was a really good for my mental health, actually. Like, it wasn't great for my business, but um, actually not being on social media or any kind of internet for a whole week, apart from, like, the very tiny time when I managed to contact my family. Um, I, when I got back on the internet, I've, I've found since then I've I've actually been a lot better at not going on it for no reason um yeah just having that big break um it's made me realize that I was actually allowing kind of my art business side to creep in a bit too much over the weekends and things Mm. um and you know people other you know it's really hard when you work for yourself and you there's no set hours because it's like when do you stop (laughs) Mm. you know but not that is one of the harder things I think most people don't work on their job like 12 12 hours a day (laughs) seven days a week unless you're a small business owner um or an entrepreneur yeah so I so then what I mean yeah so what my point was that yeah that I find that at the evenings when the children are in bed at the time I'm like right I'm going to catch up on social media and do all of that then but then I get that thing where my husband and I get a bit like because he thinks I'm ignoring him and I'm on my phone too much. So I I have to kind of say sometimes just, right, I need to do this for a bit and you go and do whatever you want to do and then I'll put my phone down and we'll watch a TV show or because that's mm. it. He doesn't like it when I'm like we're watching a movie or something and I'm there going, well, let's just reply to these DMs. <laughs> and then he's like, you're not even paying attention. Whoops. <laughs> multitasking um so but I have turned all my notifications off that that's I've not had notifications on my phone from Instagram for three four years um and that has I had to do that I had to do that Mm. for my mental health and especially because I'm quite an impulsive person like I'm not very I can't if I see a message I ha- I sort of have to reply then or I'll forget completely to ever reply. Um, so because I have my notifications off, it means that I won't see any messages until I make that conscious decision to go in and check them. No, you know, and I only do that when I know I can actually dedicate a bit of time to it. So that's mm. been quite good. That's a tactic that I've employed, but it does mean I miss messages from like, if you message me, I'm like, Julie, text me. Don't send it on Instagram because I won't see it unless I'm checking. Okay, so next question. How many hours a week do you spend painting 
admin and do you end your work day on a schedule but yeah are you a bit more well it's a bit different am... for you at the moment because obviously you've got a baby and that's changed things but yeah things things are changing and so my my answer will probably change in six months yeah and then it was different six months ago because that was quite reliable so at the moment and again this is on a good day and there are so many days that are not good days mm. the most predictable time that I can get to paint is between like 6 30 in the evening and about midnight and I am I'm happy to say I'm nuts and that I do survive on not much sleep and I have for quite a long time and that's not everyone and it's not going yeah. to be for everyone and I do have nights where I need to have catch-up mm. when I go to bed at seven o'clock and it's just like I just need to use this time for sleep right now because I'm not yeah I've gotten to the point where I'm not functioning yeah so that is that is pretty standard though most nights I'm in the studio during that time when I can sometimes I can't and sometimes my husband works late and I don't get that yeah I can't start until later and I definitely couldn't do any of this without his help and support mm-hmm. and that's been so important and he always jokes that he he really wants to be a kept man from my paintings one day so he's happy to keep pushing it so that time I always get at the moment I can get usually get a couple of hours during the day but that tends to be at the moment in like 30 minute chunks when Elfie's sleeping and I still do need to find time to you know clean up some house stuff do some other life mm. admin chores so I try and do that during the daytime naps because they are less predictable and yeah. it's less lengthy and I like to really get stuck into painting which means I need a longer period of time mm. in terms of admin I try and bulk do my admin so if someone needs an email about a commission or something like that I will usually say look I'll, um, thanks for your interest I will get back to you during the week and then when I've got a few things that I need to do, so maybe I need to organise shipping a couple of works, adding a few things to my website and writing a few emails, I'll put aside one period of time where I'll do all of that, where I'm at the computer, because mm. I actually don't like interrupting my workflow that much. Yeah. So I try and and then my husband's usually on call at least one night a week, So and I stay in the house when he's on call. Yeah. And so I try and keep it for those nights. That way I'm not... I'm using my time really efficiently. Mm, I don't like doing that kind of stuff during the day. I'd rather do that when, like, the hour between going, you know, putting the kids to bed and going to bed, I'd rather get my laptop out then and do all of that then because I kind yeah. of feel like this is just a an out, you know, like it's just a nothingy hour. Like I'm not losing any time, you know, time from doing that then, whereas yeah, doing it in the day feels like that could be an hour in the studio painting that I don't want to take away I try and use my um so it's that period of night you know the bedtime hour mm-hmm. where oh my god sometimes it feels like it goes on forever my, mine's and not like, an hour mine's like from six till eight that's two hours that's the so many happy long. returns I need to go to the toilet <sighs> I need my blankies mm. whatever it is I usually have my laptop out then because I'm like I know there's like an hour where I can't quite you're not asleep and I can't no. go to the studio and that's where I write a lot of my Instagram posts, which yeah. is why they usually quite I, I, I do some I'm... some of that when they're in the bath, if they're in the bath. Oh, yeah. Bath time is great because but then, but, really... Yeah, but you also don't want to kind of just sat, sit on your phone while they're... But, like, I might... My kid's old enough now that sometimes they... My younger two will have a bath together and they'll just be happily playing and then I can just sort of sit in the hallway. <laughs> so I'm not, like, obviously on my phone, but quickly do a bit of replying to you or something or 
Yeah. Well, I try to spend... I try to be quite disciplined about my studio time. I don't really know the hours, but of, of like how much I spend doing painting and versus admin, etc. But yeah, my daughter, my children are all at school now, so I drop them off. And then from nine till like 2.30 is pretty much my work. Like I dedicate that to my job of being an artist. I occasionally we'll go and have a coffee with friends for sort of an hour maybe once every other week and then maybe occasionally if it's birthday or something I might go out for like an hour lunch or something but most of the time I try to just be what like that's my job so I don't do things in that job time that aren't aside from like putting a load of washing on if I need to or something like that um I try really hard to be in the studio or doing something and then as far as things like um admin you know that all depends on what stage I'm at like this weekend for instance I spent quite a bit of time doing website work the kids were like either at a play day or they were just happy playing and they were you know doing their own thing my daughter was painting at the table next to me so I had my laptop and I was doing kind of admin work then so that's just like I just snuck that in because I had like an hour where I was like I can be here but I can also do mm. kind of website work in the background and and do you end your work day well I mean yeah like I said before I have an alarm that goes off and I have to pick my kids up and that's the end of that kind of studio time usually occasionally go in in the evening but not like you julie it's not a huge, i'm by the time my children are in bed it's after eight because i've got you know the three of them and they're a bit older then by the time you sort of tidy the kitchen up and done all of the lunch boxes and all of the stuff it's nine and i'm tired because <laughs> i'm 42 <laughs> so i just need to go and i don't know yeah talk to my husband for a bit and then go read my book and go to bed I like to be in bed by 10, so I'm a bit of a nana. <laughs> That's not a nana. You're just not bonkers like me. <laughs> what to do about mum guilt from taking time away from your kids to pursue your creativity? <sighs> yeah, this was a hard one for me at the beginning. Yeah, and I think that's why I didn't do it for a long time. And then I hit rock bottom and then realised that actually it's not healthy to not pursue your own creativity and like I think you've got to sort of reframe that that guilt feeling because it's, it's actually a really healthy thing to model to your children that creativity is important and art's important and now my children kind of know you know they know I'm an artist they know that sometimes I have to do some painting particularly you know during times when they're not at school with if school shut and things or in the holidays um I will just say right okay um you know you can put a movie on or you can go play outside or play with your friends or whatever but I'm going to be doing a bit of painting and I'll do it I'll bring my painting inside to the kitchen table we have a horrible tablecloth that I don't care if I get paint on and I'll just sit and do painting and they know that they can come and get me if they need me they they know I'm in the house you know I'm not like hidden away in the studio but they also kind of respect that that's me doing my time, doing my art, and they 
have it's just become quite normal for them to see me doing that and because it's become normal and they just accept it it's just like if they're doing their thing they're, they're playing their game you know I just let them get on with it and they let me get on with it and you know occasionally they might say oh mum you know I'm hungry and I'll just say okay I'll put my paintbrush down make them a snack and then I'll go back to my painting and they can sit at the table with me and do their own painting or drawing or whatever if they want or they can just go play in the house and that's something that's come with time and with them getting older you know I mean my daughter is seven now but I've probably been doing that at least since she was four or five that's something for me to look forward to I think it's yeah I think it's important for them to see that you're more than a mum if being creative is something that well I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast it must be it's important to you um yeah so you don't have to just like if your kids are there in the house with you you'd, I don't think that it's healthy to 100% be at their whim and beck and call and just do nothing but clean the house or play with them or make snacks like I think it's fine to sort of sometimes be doing something creative and important and you know healthy modeling I think it's for me there's a certain part of no matter what you do there's going to be a bit of guilt attached like if you do only mumming you'll feel guilty about something else if you do lots of work you'll feel guilty about not spending your time with your kids for me it came about a lot because a lot of the people closest to me who I'd seen be mums had not put their kids in daycare at all until they were three Mm -hmm. And I struggled and needed help that was not working out so great for me. Mm. And when I needed to look, at, when I wanted to look at putting my son into daycare, I was like, oh, everyone else seems to be managing being a mum and I am clearly just not coping. Yeah. And I had to get to the point where it was like, do you know what? I'm a better mum when I can have a break from being a mum. Yeah. Like I could not cope with just, I didn't really enjoy the playing part of the day and I was so tired and so irritable mm. and really just needed something for myself. And then I, t- I felt so relieved taking Theo to daycare with people that were, that was their job was to find yeah. great engaging ways for him to play. But it took a lot for me to get over the guilt part and mm. it still creeps in occasionally. And even now when I have babysitters organised for Elfie, I think, oh, you know, I bet other people don't need babysitters. Oh, I think there's so many and, that do we, though. yeah. You know, but for me, it was the right choice, and I don't, I don't regret it. And with, again, going in with my second kid, I knew that I'd have to be able to finance getting some extra care and putting him in daycare, probably around one, because I would need that time. Mm. And not feeling the guilt is really tough. But you, I think sometimes it can be really easy to not see art as a career. Mm. Like if you were going into your work every day, you probably wouldn't feel when you probably would feel guilty. But it sometimes yeah. I feel like people view art as a hobby or you're just spending time doing your, your crafty thing, you know. Mm. Don't you just... But it's not. It's really important. And, you know, art is a really important thing in the world. Yeah. And it is a job. And if, it, if it's not a job, it doesn't make it less, you know. Yeah, if you, even if you're not making money out of it, it can still be your thing. And valuable and valid for you. And 100% yeah. you should have every right to spend some time doing that and I think it's a lot healthier and happier if we all just accept that we all need a bit of 
time doing something else than being a parent. Um, mm. You know, if you are with somebody else and you're both of you there in the house looking after them. I was just going to mm. say I felt the same as far as daycare went um, when we when because we because we couldn't really afford it as it was felt like a luxury you know like Mm. things were tight already and then I put my daughter into daycare two days a week to give myself that time and it did feel because I knew because at that stage it wasn't as a job it was just to give myself some time and even though you know it was something my husband wanted me to do and knew I needed to do and because we were paying for this daycare that was taking away from you know our luxury items that we maybe would have bought with that like new shoes or clothes or something and I was using it to just paint or create art there did feel like a bit there did feel guilt with that and I did feel like this is I really wanted this third baby and I decided you know to have this third baby and yet here I am feeling like I can't cope and I need to give her to somebody else to look after so that I can sit and play with some paints and that just felt like I was a big failure and a big kind of squandering this money on something so self-indulgent and it took a lot of work a mindset work to overcome that and to turn it into something positive rather than and take away that feeling of guilt and shame around it yeah but it was that was my own that was my own thing it was my own deal it wasn't anybody else telling me that yeah. it was all imagined in my head and once I reframed it as actually this is a really healthy positive thing that I'm doing so that I can be a better mum to all my children when they're here mm. that I suddenly sort of could drop her off without feeling that heavy shame and guilt of having to do it turned it into like she loves it and she's so happy and look at what she's creating and she's so happy like there was this one teacher that she absolutely loved and would run up to and they would go off and do painting and art and all messy play and all the stuff that I didn't necessarily have and I got to go home and have my time and do it and create things and just catch up on all of the washing or whatever sometimes but it meant that I when I picked her up I felt in such a better headspace that it was Mm. It was positive. And and once I could see the positive benefits of how my mental health was improving and how the whole family dynamic was improving and how my relationship with my husband was improving, everything was improving because of that. That's when I realized the value of it. And that's when the guilt left. I think it's, especially when you're paying for childcare, I feel like it's a, it can feel like a really big decision. And like, if I, so one of our like conversations that we had going into having our second baby was it's quite my husband obviously earns more money than me and he was given the opportunity to pick up more teaching hours and we had to have a, we had a really serious conversation and I'm lucky that my husband is really supportive and I understand that but I had to say look if you take on more hours teaching there's going to be less time for me to paint mm. and I can't ever match him in pay unless I'm given that time to do so. Yeah. And he was so happy to say, oh, great, no worries, I won't take the teaching hours and we'll save that time for you. Mm. But because my painting time may pay off, it might pay off in six months, mm. 
it might, you know, I might not get that, you know, I might yeah. It's not guaranteed, that is week. it? Yeah, it's not like we can, right, if we have, you know, so many hours, we'll definitely get $300 extra that can go on our mortgage <laughs> that month. <laughs> it's much harder to qualify. But I feel like I, before we decided to have healthy, I had really good momentum going with my art and it was one of the big decisions. It was like I know I'm going to have to slow down when we have this baby. Hmm. But how much I slowed down and how much time I have for my art was, yeah, it, it can be a really tough one. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 very hard to navigate. It's just one of those conversations that you've got to keep sort of having together and and keep reminding yourself that what you're doing is important and valuable and valid regardless mm. of the money number attached to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next question. think we might have to make this our final question um so what to do when priorities get out of balance and there is no time for art hmm what do you do so when i think sometimes it's accepting the fact that sometimes art has to something has to give you you can't do it all and trying to do it all has never ended anywhere great for me at the moment so i keep saying that instagram has been the thing that has to give so I've obviously only got so much time at the moment and I used to spend a lot more time on my social media and all that side of things. I don't have the time at the moment. So it's had to, I had to be okay with the fact that my posts are going to be a bit shit for a while Mm. (laughs) because I'd rather spend that time on painting when I've got it. Yeah. Um, And sometimes when the painting has to give, and there have been plenty of days recently where I've been too tired to paint and I've just had to say it has to wait. Yeah. Yeah, and I've totally get you. It's been really hard for me, especially with school holidays. That's the hardest thing I think now. All my children are at school. Um, you know, when they were in day, well, actually they've always done like kindergarten. There's always been, there's always been one of them, or at least one of them, that's home during school holidays. And there's a lot. Mm. It's like thirteen weeks of school holidays a year. That's a lot. So it's it is hard because I feel like I get into a rhythm and I finally get in a momentum, and then the, oh, it's school holidays, or a long weekend, <laughs> or a long weekend, and for me, you know, it's I have to then suddenly kind of put the brakes on any kind of progress I've made because it's two you've got two weeks with your children at home. So, um, when there's no time for art during those. I sometimes will, like in the summer holidays, set myself a month-long challenge or something where I'd say, okay, I'm going to just do a 30-minute painting every day and make that part of my day. My children get it, they understand, they know that that time is I'm at the kitchen table doing that. They can go and watch a movie or play Minecraft on their iPad or whatever, play Lego or my husband might take them, go for activity somewhere out of the house, give me a bit of time, which is lovely. Mm. Um, But, yeah, or if it's like a shorter school holiday, two-week holiday, you know, sometimes we we go away and that's it. We're not at home. We, you know, I do have to just sort of forget about art for a week and not do any. Um, I try to just still 
think about art like I might be taking photos of things that are inspiring and just sort of putting those in a little folder in my phone for like later reference so that's something that I can still feel like is a little bit creative and it's kind of making it's like I kind of call it a kind of idea percolation time if you know what I mean I just perhaps Mm. will just sit and look through my phone photos if I've got 10 minutes and think "Hmm, okay and I'll perhaps put some in the favorites folder or make a separate folder of ones I want to work on next I'm not really a sketchbook user I wish I was I think a lot of people yeah I see so many people do I mean that is a great I have been in the past someone that's used sketchbooks much more and I think probably at the beginning a lot more I used those and they, they're great, you know, to just sit and doodle away or do quick little sketches, I suppose, in. But yeah, um, I think just making peace with it, sometimes that's all you can do. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish I was a sketchbook person. Mm. It's not for me. No. I've tried. It's... I've tried on holidays so many times. And and I do, I last I like two days and then I'm like oh no I take a lot more photos yeah it's funny so it's I interesting and, me yeah, and you it's similar in that respect like my mm. photography's always been my my go to as a way of documenting ideas and things even if they don't end up as a painting or anything like that it's it's something about there's something about the photo that will be tri- triggering an idea. Yeah, much same. in the same way that I think someone will do a sketch and it might not turn into a painting, but there'll be something about that composition or whatever that will turn into a painting. But yeah, I've never been a great sketchbook user. I think you either are or you aren't. Mm. Um, what to do in private scale balance? There's no time for art. If it's really causing you anguish, I think that's when you go, okay, write down the priorities that are non-negotiable. And then write down the things that are negotiable and figure out what you can get rid of in Mm. place for art. And like when I first started again, it was just during my daughter's nap doing half an hour piece of ink work on a a piece of paper. There's plenty of stuff I think that I've given up in order to make time for my art. So pre-kids and all the rest. Mm. I used to love cooking and I spend a lot of time mm. finding the right ingredients following recipes experimenting I don't really no, have time same. out my cooking yeah our meals so are very copy no and one paste in this house, but trust me it's <laughs> yeah yeah we I'm very much in that same exact thing actually pre-kids I loved go, like you know if I made a curry it would be I would grind the mm-hmm. coriander seeds to, I'd have pe- I had a pestle and water I don't oh, I think yeah. my kids use that in in, in in the get in the garden for potion making and then it got broken <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a pestle and water anymore but you know that was the kind of cook I was I was the mm. grinding it all up and making my curry paste from scratch person and now I'm like here's a jar of butter chicken sauce <laughs> yeah yeah um, so for a yeah and then sometimes you know if you're really struggling to not have not having time for your art you may need to look into even if you're not going to make any money from your art in that time is it worth it for you and your art and your everything else that 
to get someone in to help you for half an hour. If that means getting someone to help you with the cleaning so that you can spend half an hour painting, if that's Mm. someone coming in doing half an hour looking after your kids so that you can paint, if it's whatever it is that you can take off your to-do list so that you've got that time to paint, can you outsource it? Yeah. Or, yeah, like... (laughs) Or like Julie does in the evenings, you know, like it, I know I have felt sometimes really exhausted in the evening and the thought of painting, I've kind of gone, oh, no, I don't have the energy for that. But when I've decided, no, actually tonight I'm going to ask my husband to put the kids to bed by himself and we're going to get takeaway for dinner we're going to have easy dinner. It's going to be a takeaway dinner. It's going to be, I'm going to say, right, actually, I'm going to go in the studio at six o'clock today or, you know, spare room or wherever it is. Or you could say to your partner or a friend, you know, swap your kids, you know, for a sleepover or an evening and ask your partner, just take them out, take them out for McDonald's, I don't care. And then you've got two hours in your house by yourself like there's you have to just reframe how you can think about carving back some time for yourself like what can you do Mm. could you could you say to a friend right okay actually after after school today can you pick up my children and have them for two hours and I'll do the same for you next week you know Mm. can you find a way that you can just find a couple of hours for yourself if you can't afford to do it with paying someone perhaps you can swap or perhaps you can just say you know I really need this time every on a weekend I just need two hours to your husband or your whoever can have your children I think one of the biggest things I've learned in the last three years and it's taken me (laughs) 38 years to come to grips with it is it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to accept help Mm. I and with you know and that's the thing that's the difference between my first child and my second I almost was in a state where I couldn't ask for help with Theo. I felt like I think the dependency was a codependency. I needed him to be close by yeah. and I wasn't quite able to hand him over to someone. Yeah. But with Elfie, it's like even we've got an amazingly lovely neighbour here who said, oh, I love babies. I'd love to come and babysit. And I've been, okay, no worries. Yeah. Or like whenever someone visits and they say they want to spend time with Elfie or Theo and can I take Theo out the day? Like, sure, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's taken. I've had to let go. Let go. I'm a control freak, yeah. and I have to be like, you can't yeah. do everything. Yeah, that was exactly the same for me with my first son. It was I really, really struggled to ask for help, and I didn't. And I and I mm. really struggled to accept help, and I didn't. And I wanted to do it all. I wanted to be everything to him. I wanted to be the world's best mum with a shiny badge. Because I, you know, don't know who was going to give me that badge, but I, yeah, I didn't want to let go of any control over his, I don't know, it was. I feel like you feel like you're the only person that knows how to manage the situation. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I didn't want to look, I don't know, I just. It was very hard. It was very hard to give my precious firstborn child to anyone else 
Um, third one. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> no. Anyone want a baby? <laughs> no. Not, I think it just, it took time. It took time. It took a lot of time being a, getting used to being a mum, getting used to letting go, gradually, incrementally letting go and allowing other people in and allowing to other people to, you know, offer help and for me to accept it and when I and I when I finally did do that and realized that the world didn't end and nobody turned up at my door with a piece of you know (laughs) paper saying you're a bad mum for doing that (laughs) I was like oh nobody even noticed like what (laughs) and the kids don't notice you know they don't they don't as long as you're there with a hug when they come back they they're not going oh mum you mustn't have loved me because you sent me to daycare for two hours <laughs> it's like it's all in your head it's it's so silly but yeah letting go that was a huge thing but you have to you have to fail in order to learn <laughs> yeah absolutely God damn it <laughs> <laughs> So two things I wanted to talk to everyone about. One is that I am moving our newsletter from MailChimp to Substack and that's just because I want to be able to keep the newsletter free and eventually MailChimp will ask us to pay. And it's just also I, I, you know, just want to experiment with Substack. So come with us on this journey and sign up for the mail list. Hopefully by next week when this episode goes out, it'll be happening. Um, And the second thing is that we have started a Ko-Fi account or coffee account. So if you click on the link in our bio, there's a little um, tab that says buy us a coffee. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to help us keep the podcast free and um, caffeinated, you can jump over there and give us $5 to say thanks. (sighs) I I feel awkward. (laughs) No, I think it's fine. I think... You know, um, so if you don't know what uh, coffee... So buy us a coffee. I think it's called coffee. I think it looks like it's spelled Ko-Fi, but I think it's supposed to pronounce it coffee. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, Julie, we, I say the royal we. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I say we, we're going to add this to the show notes. Um, no, <laughs> it's always Julie. <laughs> we're going to edit this bit out, aren't we? Um <laughs> No, Julie has set up, because she's much more technologically savvy than me, um, the a, a buy us a coffee page where you can, yeah, you can show us a bit of appreciation if you really like the podcast and you'd like and to help us. And you've got the money. Yeah, of course. If you don't, there's no pressure. No pressure at all. This is a free podcast that we're putting out. We're not asking for anything from you if you can't afford, afford it. But if you've got a spare five bucks or more hanging around that you'd love to just donate to us um it is awkward asking for money but this does cost us money you know the hosting the equipment um yeah the all of the stuff it it does cost a bit of money to do a podcast unfortunately for us so we will just be so grateful to put that towards this so that we can keep it running and make it hopefully better and better and we would just be absolutely so grateful because also this does take time away from our art practice. So ultimately, um, 
it would be nice to kind of make a little bit of an income from it at some point in the future so that we don't sort of feel like we're taking time away from pursuing the part of our job that actually brings in <laughs> payment ah anyway um yeah there's a link in our bio no yes there's a link in our bio on instagram and there'll be a link in the show notes here if you wanted to go over there we will be so grateful and if you do any of the top tier donations we will give you a shout out on the podcast how about that yeah <laughs> Okay, awkward part over. Shake it off. Shake it off. Yes, I've got a fail here. Um, Shall I read it out? Yes, please. Okay, this this is from Paintings by Caitlin, who sent a fail in. She said, I've got a fail. I finished a sunset painting and went to attach the screws and wires. My father in law wanted to help and stood the painting upright to screw in the screw, but he slipped. And he poked a hole straight through the painting. (laughs) He looked at me in complete shock. And I looked at him, trying to hold back tears, as he was only trying to help me. So it was glue and patchwork time. Needless to say, the painting now has a little distant blackbird flying in the area that I had to patch the hole. (laughs) He still knows it's there and the painting hangs proudly in their house. So he ended up buying it. That's lovely. It's probably a constant reminder for him not to help me with my art. (laughs) <laughs> all right i'm giving okay. phoebe the sorry sign so <laughs> phoebe where can they find you ah, um you can find us over on fail like an artist on instagram if you'd love to give us a follow and take a screenshot where you're listening Ch- uh, tell us what you're doing at the time if you're painting we'd love to know um share it in your stories and tag us at fail like an artist and you can find me on instagram at phoebe gander art and my website is phoebegander.com and you can find me over at julie battisti and my website is juliebattisti.com all right thanks everyone for tuning in um and we will chat to you soon yeah which see you next time nice to chat julie i hope you have fun editing this one All right. Keep failing. Bye bye. Keep failing. I figured out where that noise is coming from. What is it? Sorry. Is it a wasp? I'm. Uh, I was thinking it was wasps at the window. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I keep. I've interrupted you so many times. This no, it's fine. What was I saying? Okay, what to do about mum guilt? Mom guilt. <laughs> I can't read the word when people write mom like that, like without like saying it in American yeah, accent. Mom. What to do yeah. with what? To, oh, sorry. What to do about mum guilt from taking time away from your kids? To, 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One more the wheels are falling off. <laughs> okay. I think that was ten years. <laughs> where I didn't really ever have a consistent full night's sleep. So <laughs> I just look like scared <laughs> right now. The temptation tip. <laughs> Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.